Hello, Seaside. Oh man, it is so crazy to be standing here. Wow, you guys are so beautiful. My heart—I just feel so overwhelmed right now. In this club, I used to be the person that you know got the speakers to club. Thanks, Brian. Um, so, as Pastor Caleb said, I was one of the original ten to come here and help establish the church plant. Lived here for two years, so uh, coming back here is very surreal to me. It's it's such an honor, um, such an honor to be the first preacher preaching in this new sanctuary. Uh, holla! <laughs> and it's it's really amazing to come here to see the growth that Seaside experienced. I look out to the congregation, and I don't recognize half the people. So that means you guys are growing, like new members are coming, uh, getting established, getting loved on. So I'm so glad to be here. Um, Today is also Father's Day. (laughs) So I just want to say happy Father's Day. If um, If you have children and you're a father, can you please stand up? Stand up. Let's, let's just honor them. Oh, oh. Woo! Thank you, fathers. Yeah, we, you know, we're a young community, but we're also a community that's maturing, right? So you, eventually you're going to start having your own children as well. And you're going to be mothers and fathers. And um, I just want you to, like, encourage the fathers that you see. Here, you know, you're a good father. I'm, I'm blessed by the way that you love your child. Okay, so just go around, encourage the fathers that you see, and we just honor you fathers on this day. Uh, we also have our spiritual father here with us. Um, and he is one that, you know, he's not like our, you know, like father, like, you know, you know I mean, like natural family type of thing, but uh, he is one that speaks the word of God to us, uh, prays for us, covers us, really loves on us, and I think it's so special that he is here in Seaside with us on Father's Day. So can we, can we uh, just honor Pastor Christian, if you could stand up? We love you, Pastor Christian. Thank you. Um, All right, so I'm going to get into today's word. If you can turn with me to Proverbs 31. Proverbs 31, verse 25. Proverbs 31, verse 25. All right, let's read this together. Are you ready? One, two, three. Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. Everyone say laughs. At the time to come. In the NASB, it says strength and dignity are her clothing, and she smiles at the future. Today, I'm going to talk about the power of laughter, but more specifically, the power of laughing in regards to our future. You know, a lot of people, when they think about their future, uh, it's very easy to get anxious, to get nervous, to get worried, because future is very uncertain. You have no idea what's going to happen in the future. 
And because things are not set, things are not concrete, there's a temptation to start getting anxious because you have no idea what's about to happen. But I really feel like for Seaside, God wants to do marvelous things in your future, but he wants you, he wants to teach you how to laugh when you look at your future. He wants to empower you in your thinking and in your outlook to laugh when you look at your uncertainties. You know, it says tremendous things about someone when they are able to laugh in a hard circumstance, in in the face of opposition. And when you're able to laugh, it tells a lot of things about a person's character, confidence, outlook in life. So today, I want to I want to empower you in your character, in your outlook, outlook and in the way that you look at your future. Okay? So uh, let's pray before we begin. God, I just worship you, and I thank you that today is such a beautiful Sunday, a Sunday to gather here together to worship you in this beautiful sanctuary. I thank you, Lord, for uh, just the work that you've been doing at Seaside. And standing here in this new sanctuary, you are marking a new season of entering into a season of joy, of laughter, of power. So, Lord, we are expectant for you. We are hungry for you. And we ask, Father, for your Holy Spirit to come and do your work today. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So when I said everyone turn to Proverbs 31, I heard a couple people go, "Mm, uh-huh, right? Because when you think about Proverbs 31, you automatically think about what gender? Woman right? And when, uh, you know, if you grew up in the church, you always kind of are thrown with be a Proverbs 31 woman, be a Proverbs 31 wife, you know, like that kind of thing. But uh, I just want to kind of preface by like saying it's not just for women. (laughs) Actually, Proverbs 31 was written for men. So turn to uh, the beginning of the chapter with me, Proverbs 31, 1. It says, the words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. The words of King Lemuel, an oracle that his mother taught him. Uh, different commentaries say that King Lemuel is actually another name for Solomon. So Solomon's mother is a woman named Bathsheba, right? She was wife of King David. And uh, she's writing all of this advice, telling it to her son, And her son wrote this, so she's saying all of these wise sayings for her son. It's for her son, who's a man, right? So Proverbs 31, don't think of it just as it's it's for women, it's for a wife, but actually think about about it for you. And I also want to challenge you, don't think about it as like, oh, I'm single, I'm looking for like a Proverbs 31 wife. You know, like, she better fit all of these categories. Does she laugh at the time to come? You know, like, it's, it's, it's not just for a wife in regards to getting married, but I actually want you to apply it for yourself, for you. Are you able to laugh at the days to come? Are you able to laugh and smile at the future? Okay? So it's for you. Everyone say, it's for me. It's for me. All right. So, um... Laughing. Laughing is a very powerful thing. Laughter actually dissolves uh, stress. So when you laugh, you don't feel anxious. 
You don't feel anxiety. You don't feel angry. You don't feel sad. And laughter helps you relax. It helps you recharge. It reduces stress and it increases energy. And laughter enables you to stay focused and accomplish more. Okay, so if you're like a student like me, like I encourage you to go out, have some fun because like if you study nine hours a day, it's going to, right? Laughing is going to enable you to focus more. Okay, humor also shifts perspective. It allows you to see situations in a more realistic and less threatening light. A humorous perspective creates psychological distance, which can help you avoid the feeling of uh, being overwhelmed. So some uh, benefits of laughter, not like thinking about it in a spiritual sense. Some physical benefits is that it, it boosts immunity, it lowers stress, decreases pain, prevents heart disease. So you live longer. It's good for you. Uh, so that's your body. Some of your mental health benefits It adds joy to your life. It eases anxiety and fear. It relieves stress. It enhances resilience, okay? And some social benefits, like if you you want some friends, you want some relationship, this will help you. Laughing, okay? It strengthens your relationship. It, It enhances teamwork. It attracts people to one another. If someone is like, are you gonna go up to them? No, right? If someone's laughing, you, it, you're attracted to that laughter. Okay, so, so uh, there's body, there's mind, there's social benefits of laughter. So laughter is a very powerful thing, and God wants you to live a life full of power. But when I read Proverbs 31, and strength and dignity as her clothing, she laughs at the days to come. My question is, why is she laughing? She's laughing at the days to come, but how? why is she laughing? How is she able to laugh when she look, looks at the future? You know, what about Proverbs 31, uh, this woman that many, many people, generation after generation, say, look to this woman. What about her does, does she carry that people say, look to her because she lives a wise life and she lives a powerful life? And today, I just want to focus on verse 25, and I believe that there's three keys of power that she possesses that enables her to laugh when she looks at the future, okay? So these three keys enables her to live a life full of power and life full of victory. So these three keys of power, right? The first, so I have three points, but I want you to think of it as power, three powers, Okay, so the first power um, comes from, I'm going to read the NLT version, the New Living Translation. It says, she is clothed with strength and dignity, and she laughs without fear of the future. So the first power is that she has no fear. She carries no fear. You know, when I think about... um, this year, 2014, it's June. That means half the year is gone. And I'm thinking about, man, what has happened so far in these past six months, right? And I realized one of the biggest breakthroughs I've received in this beginning half is my breakthrough of being released from fear of failure. Um, you know, honestly, like, I'm, I'm confident, like, I know who I am in God, right? So I, I, I'm not 
really fearful. I'm not really anxious or whatever. But God started revealing to me how I have this root of failure, fear of failure. And it got revealed uh, through Pastor Tony Beckham. Do you guys know who he is? Okay, so he was one of our retreat guest speakers at the retreat. Um, and he was having a conversation with the intern pastors at uh, our staff. He wanted to talk to our staff, so we were talking, and then he was asking a bunch of questions, and we were answering them, and then after it was done, he was like, oh, okay, it's past 6 p.m., you guys can go. I was like, okay. But uh, everyone's like about to go, but then I was thinking, man, Pastor Tony Beckham, he's observing our staff, going to give a report to Pastor Christian, Pastor Aaron, and before he gives them like a formal type of report, I just wanted to get some advice, some wisdom, like casually, without, you know, like any type of formalness. So as everyone's about to leave, I was like, wait. And he's like, yeah. And I was like, can you, like, give us any advice, you know? And I was talking like this. So he was like, what are you trying to say? I was like, well, you know, like, do you have any advice that you... And then all of a sudden he goes... Tell me what you're trying to say. And the thing is, like, I'm pretty choleric, too. So when someone, like, pushes something in me, like, I can respond just as sharply. So without even me realizing, all of a sudden, I felt these words come out, like, give me advice. I was like, oh, no, he's our guest speaker. I should have said, can you give, you know, like, at least something. But it was too late. So I was like, give me advice. And he was like, thank you. That's the only thing I want to know. I was like, okay then. <laughs> so he's like looking around at the intern pastors and he was saying, one, one word of advice I would give you is give yourself permission to fail. Everyone's like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, that's good. <laughs> and then he looks at me specifically for you. And then all of a sudden I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> and then he, he looks and he says, and you won't fall as hard as you think you would. So I, I took that to God, and I was like, I don't know what that means, you know? Like, I don't think I have this failure, failure, you know? But as I was praying, I started, like, getting reminded of my different personality traits. Like, when I make a mistake, I'm very hard on myself. And it's very, like, it's a little too over the board. And I was talking to Pastor Erin, and I was talking to her about, like, what happened with Pastor Tony, and she said, you know, I would redefine the definition of failure. Failure to me is not making mistake. Failure is when you quit, when you decide not to go on, when you choose not to forgive someone. That is failure. But it's okay to make a mistake. So, you know, I took that and I was like, okay, God, like, I'm learning, you know. So I went before the Lord and I started asking him, what is this root of failure then? And as I started praying, God started revealing to me an incident that I had when I was in third grade. So I'm 27 now. I like this memory when I was in third grade, it just started coming back. And it was this time when it was like a beautiful, like beautiful day after school. And all of our family were going to go out and have dinner outside. Like, but then, uh, we're not going to go until I finish my math homework. So I was like, okay, I'm going to finish it really fast. And my dad was helping me. And then as, like, I was writing, like, I kept making mistakes. So he kept yelling at me. And then the next thing you know, our family outing gets canceled. And for the next three, four hours, it's just him and me. And he's yelling at me the entire time. 
you know, don't get me wrong. My dad's very nice. Like, he's very peaceful. But at that time, he had some, you know, temper, like, you know. So uh, I went home that, I remember I went to sleep that night thinking, I'm never going to make a mistake again. Like, I will never get yelled at like that again. And I'm the oldest, so I grew up with that mentality of I'm never going to do anything bad or wrong that my parents says. So I grew up in that way. Like, my brother and my sister, like, did whatever they want, but I did it because I, I was like, I will not fail again. Fail again, right? So as God started bringing up this memory, I was like, man, um, I can't believe it went back that far. So I started praying, and then I was like, Holy Spirit, I invite you into this memory. Heal me of this trauma, right? Um, and then God was like, you don't need the Holy Spirit. It's like, why not? He's like, you already have a memory of a father that shows grace when you make mistakes. And I was like, what memory? And then he reminded me of three days prior when Pastor Christian took me aside to a room. He's like, and I want to talk to you. I was like, okay. Right? So he's sitting there and telling me uh, about just a, just a small mistake that I made. And um, as I make made this mistake, I was kind of very hard on myself, and he looks at me, and he's like, Anna, it's okay. And I was like, no. <laughs> and then and I just keep crying because I just feel so bad. And he's like looking at me with those like father-loving eyes, you know? So I just felt so like, what is this grace that he's showing me? Like, I, it, it felt very undeserving. But as he kept looking at me, he's like, uh, he hugged me, he goes, Anna, we are already proud of you. And God just spoke to me of that moment. He said, you think I'm like that, like a God, the father with an iron fist, like your natural father. But I'm actually like your spiritual father where I'm longing to show you not just grace, but extravagant grace when you make a mistake. Have no fear. Because when you have no fear, you're able to laugh at the times When you have no fear, it will not bind you because you're able to move forward in power and in confidence. You know, Proverbs 31 woman, she is able to laugh at the future because she knows who she is in God. She knows where her trust is. Her trust is in God. Her confidence is in God. And she knows that she's able to go forth because he keeps her safe. He covers her. He watches out for her. You know, having no fear, it doesn't mean just having no fear, but it means having safety. You are able to have no fear when you feel safe. When you know that you're protected. And I just want to say that people in this house, you are safe in this house. With pastors Caleb and Mina, you are safe. You're safe to be yourself. You're safe to go out and try new things. You're safe to make mistakes. If you know Pastor Caleb and Mina's story, they, they have a life full of many mistakes. <laughs> Very many mistakes. But if you also hear the testimony, there's a father that knows how to show extravagant grace. You cannot fail. You cannot fail. You can make mistakes, but it's okay because you can keep going. When I was uh, babysitting Karis, I remember when I used to live here, there was this one time I babysat Karis. And uh, she's just, you know, she was not even two at that time. And we were at a playground, but she got bored of the playground. So she wanted to go upstairs and start going up and down the stairs. Like she had this obsession with stairs. So we like walked up and down the entire like, man, for an hour. And I was so tired. 
but like she loved it. She was having so much fun. And there was this one moment when we went up the stairs and then the lights turned dark. And also she starts, she stops laughing and she goes, and then she sees me and she runs over to me. And I'm kneeling down like this, right? She runs over to my like embrace and then she's like looking out into the darkness. And then all of a sudden she takes my arm and puts it around her body. I was like, wow, this little girl, she knows what to do to make herself feel safe. And then she looks up at me because my arms are physically around her. And then I'm smiling, letting her know everything's okay. So she looks up and she's like, oh, it is okay. So she, you know, like, <laughs> let us go to my arm. And then she starts running around in the darkness because she realizes it's okay. I'm safe. There's someone out here watching over for me. You know, Karis, who was not even two at that time, knew what she had to do to get safe. Do you know what to do to get safe? Come into the Father's house to get safe. And in this house, in a, in a community of men and women that love the Lord, they will express the Father's heart to you so that you can be safe. So when you have no fear, Of the future, you are able to laugh. That is the first power. The second power is preparation. Preparation. She's able to laugh because she knows how to prepare for the future. She is, she has an active life. When God says wait, she is waiting, but she is actively waiting. She is taking steps to prepare for the ahead time so that when God is ready to move, she is there. She is ready. She has all of the preparations done. She says, all right, let's go. Why is she able to laugh? Because she knows how to prepare. She does not procrastinate. It is very different from striving, all right? So when you strive, you're nervous, you're anxious, and you do everything out of your own might. But when you prepare in the Lord, there is a peace. There's a leisure. There's an ease as you are preparing. Um, In the the Bible, there's a character named Noah. And he's from the Old Testament. And Noah is very famous for building an ark before the flood comes, right? So he builds an ark. And when when I read this story as a kid, I was thinking, oh, okay, he built an ark. And then the next day, the flood came. Or, or it took a month or something, right? But as I was like going deep into the uh, scripture, so it says Genesis 5.32, Noah was 500 years old when he, when he became the father of Shem, Ham, and Jep- Jepheth, I think. And then uh, Genesis 7.6, it says Noah was 600 years old when the flood of water came upon the earth, okay? Um, and then it later gives you hints about Genesis 11, how Shem was 98 years old, so if you kind of like do the math, the ark, it took about 60 to 70 years to build. All right? So it wasn't this like, yes, this ark that was built. Let's go. The flood of waters came. All right? It, it was a very long preparation. It was a long wait. So imagine if God said, hey, I, I call you righteous. I'm going to destroy all the earth, but I want you to build an ark. And many people are laughing. You can endure that, you know, ridicule and that laughter for maybe a couple days. But 60 to 70 years, he was enduring. And not only that, he had to prepare. 
When the flood came and there was like half the ark missing, he's going to sink, right? And the only thing he had was the promise of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. And he took that, what he heard from God, and started preparing right away. Think about it. Plank after plank. This wood timber after wood timber. Preparing, nailing, hammering, day after day. He had to prepare for that day. My question for you is, are you going to be ready by the time God is ready to move? Proverbs 31 woman, she's ready. She's prepared. And not only is she ready to prove that she is faithful by what she has done, but she's ready to be proven faithful by God. There's this everyday mundane thing that God tells you to do, but are you going to take that everyday life and start preparing yourself for it? Or are you just passively waiting with God? God told me this promise. God gave me this vision. He's going to make it happen. He's a God of sovereignty. No. You need to do your part. Are you actively preparing? So that is the second power that the Proverbs 31 woman had. She prepared. She lived an active life. And the third power is kingdom perspective. So what she saw was different. Okay, Uh, Vision is connected to the mind. Right? So when she sees something, she's not seeing with her eyes, she's not seeing by her circumstance, but rather she's seeing with the things that God tells her in her mind. Her mind was different. So when she's thinking about the future, she's not concerned by the worry or the anxiety of what's happening around her, but rather she's thinking about the Lord, so that is why she's able to laugh. She's able to laugh because she has kingdom perspective, a different mindset. Okay, uh, so when I think about this power, I can't help but relate it to this city of Busan. So Busan, I did some history, uh, is a city of 3.6 million people. And there's, uh, you know, we're located in the peninsula. We are a port city. Uh, many, many tourists come here, and it's the second largest city of the world, or in Korea, <laughs> of the world, in Korea. And Pusan uh, is such a beautiful place, right? I love living here. You guys are blessed living here. It is, it's so beautiful. People come here over the summer, but Pusan didn't always used to be like that. Uh, so if you like look back, Pusan was not even like one of the major cities in history, right? The city actually started in the second century, uh, and it was under the Shilla dynasty. So in Korea, there's three dynasties, three ancient kingdoms, Shilla, Goryeo, and Baekje. Jen's looking bad impressed right now. Shilla, Kyoro, and Baekje, okay? And once Koryo came, like, it came, attempted to unite the three kingdoms together. So once that happened, the name, uh, the original name was Dongle. That was the original name of Busan, right? Dongle is still, like, a part in Busan, Dongleok, right? Um, and then when Koryo came, it changed the name to Busan. Busan Port. Po meaning port. Busan meaning kettle, okay? Uh, so this is how the, I guess, the origins of Busan started. Busan in the Korean War became a very large dog capital for, uh, for Korea because it was one of the, like, this city and another city, it was the only two cities not captured in the Korean War. 
So a lot of the refugees it flocked to Busan because everything else was taken by the North Koreans. Okay, so a lot of the uh, people came here to seek refuge, to seek safety, to uh, find some rest because they needed to get away. And uh, this this city basically was the provider for everyone else, for the whole nation that came. So because it was very overwhelming, you know, it's a very small city. All of a sudden, everyone else came. They turned all of the public buildings into sites of refugee. So all the schoolhouses, the the libraries, the churches, all of it turned into a, a place of refugee. And uh, in in the war, like Busan was a port city, and then they went through Incheon to to uh, push back the army. And then eventually, that's how the 38th parallel started. Okay, they pushed, they went through Incheon, they pushed them all the way back to China, came back, and then the 38th parallel uh, happened. Um, and within that, before they were able to go into Incheon to uh, fight, they had to start the Busan perimeter. Okay, which means like an outline protecting the city of Busan because if Busan was taken, all of Korea was lost. Right. So all of the generals and whatever, they were all here. And then they had the Pusan perimeter to block and to protect the city uh, that belonged to here. And when I think about God's plan of the kingdom, like it, it's crazy because He saved Pusan, right? He saved Pusan. It was through Pusan that they went through Incheon that they were able to push back the army and it came back. So in the natural, it's a very strategic location. It's a very strategic place. Um, and with the Pusan perimeter, if that didn't happen, they would have never been able to go through Incheon. Uh, so there's this one lieutenant general. He gave this very famous stand or die speech. And his name is Lieutenant General Walker. And before they started fighting in the Pusan perimeter, he gave them his, his squad this speech. We are fighting a battle against time. There will be no more retreat, withdrawal, or readjustment of the lines or any other term you choose. There is no line behind us to which we can retreat. A retreat to Busan will be one of the greatest butcheries in history. We must fight until the end. We will fight as a team. If some of us must die, we will die fighting together. I want everybody to understand we are going to hold this line. We are going to win. You know, when I think about Busan, it's such a special city. And I believe that everyone that is living here, whether you came because you chose to or because you had to or because you were sent here, you are very strategically placed here. But my mindset for you is, are you thinking in that perspective? I live here. I have the spirit of God here. I am going to stand and hold this line. I will not let the enemy take this line, but I want As I'm living here, I want to spread the gospel, spread the spirit of God in this city. I'm going to stand here, remain firm so that the gospel can expand into all of Korea. You know, Korea got saved because Busan and then Incheon. Very strategic. So in the spirit, Busan is very strategic. What you guys are doing here is you're not just getting blessed and your lives getting transformed because it is about you, but it's so much more than you. It is about you. God loves you. God loves the individual. But it's so much greater than you. It's beyond you. God's heart for you is not just for you, but for the city. Not just for Busan, but for Korea. 
And as you guys receive the Holy Spirit, as you guys encounter the love of God, I believe that what is starting here, what's being established here, is going to spread into all of Korea. Do you believe that? You know, Seaside, uh, whenever I come here, I always experience such a heavy presence of the Lord. Such an intimate presence of God. There's, there's a sweetness that Seaside carries. And I love being in this presence. But I believe that God is showing you just another dimension of his heart. About laughing. About laughter. And when you think about laughter, it's like, eh, you know, ha, 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 like it's whatever, right? But it's actually a very powerful thing. I believe that it is the lightness that you guys will start to carry that will break the heaviness in this city. It is your lightness, your laughter that will start demolishing strongholds in this city. Laughter, uh, in Hebrew, <clears throat> the word for laugh, it's shahach. There's a lot of guttural sounds. That's actually Hebrew, all right? So everyone say, shahach with me. Yeah, get that hach in. All right, that's, that's Hebrew, all right? So shahach, it means to laugh. But another word for shahach, it means uh, to laugh at in contempt. Especially at a person threatening to do much, but able to do nothing at all. So when you look at, like, your life or the things happening in this city or even around the world, this Proverbs 31 woman, she's able to laugh because Satan's trying to get her, trying to make her feel discouraged, trying to captive, you know, like, bring her down with different burdens. But she's saying, no, I'm laughing because you have no power over me. Don't you know that what you're trying to do actually cannot touch me? It cannot harm me? I am laughing because you are powerless. So when you laugh about the future, you are laughing at Satan because he has no power over you. He has no change that he can put on you unless you start agreeing with your own mouth. It's about you and how God has put the Holy Spirit inside of you that you are able to live a life of power. Laughter is not just a light thing or a joyful thing, but it's a weapon. It is a weapon. In Job 39, 22, it says, He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He does not turn back from the sword. He laughs at fear. That same word, laugh, is that same Hebrew word, shahach. He laughs at fear and is not dismayed. He is using his laughter as a weapon, and he's looking at what's in front of him, is not dismayed and does not turn back from the sword. Your laughter is a weapon. So when you look at your circumstance, and if there's heaviness that you're going through, or if there's chaos in your life, I want you to laugh. Because your prayers are powerful, but so is laughing with God. Because when you, when you can laugh, it demonstrates your faith, it demonstrates your trust, it demonstrates where your confidence is rooted. Your laughter is a weapon. And it is able to shift circumstance around you. Proverbs 31.25 Strength and dignity are her clothing, and she laughs at the time to come. There's power 
in Proverbs 31 woman. There's power because she knows how to live a life without fear. There's power because she knows how to prepare. She knows how to actively wait in the Lord. And there's power in her life because she knows what she's seeing in the kingdom. She has kingdom perspective. And there's power for you guys. As you guys take this, as you guys live your lives without fear, there's power in your life. God wants to do incredible things, not only for Seaside, for New Philly Seaside, but for you, the individual. For Jay, for Josh, for Lydia, for the individual. And there's power when you laugh at your future because you trust in the Lord. I want you guys to bow your heads in prayer. Seaside, God loves you. I love you. The team that came here loves you. And God has such a special purpose and a plan for this city through you guys, through Seaside, through this church. And I believe that the things that you carry of the Lord not only the sweetness of his presence like you have been walking in, not only the fire of his presence like you have been walking in, but also the joy of the Lord, the ability to laugh amidst uncertainty, the ability to laugh even though you have no idea what's happening. And it is through your laughter, it is through your likeness that you will be able to change the city. And I feel like God just really wants to empower you. Empower you today that as you look at your future, there's different dreams, there's different visions, there's different things and desires of your heart that you want to do. And you're saying, God, make it happen. God, make a way. Give me specific plans and details. I trust in you, but there's a temptation to get frustrated because it's not happening the way that you want it to. It's not happening in your timing. There's that temptation, but God is saying, hey, laugh with me. Because I care for you, because I delight in you, I will never let you fail. I will never let you fall. Trust in me. Your future with me is the best future that you will ever have. When you live with me, when you walk with me, I will give you a life that is so full. Walk with me. Enjoy this life because I got it. I got it. You don't have to look at the directions or like the GPS or the compass. Put that away. God is doing it. God is guiding you. I just want you to open your hands in front of you. And I want to release this expectancy expectancy of a fun life of an exciting life you know some of you guys might be Hagwon teachers and you're thinking I can't do this Hagwon job much longer 
this is not my destiny or my plan for me. Or some of you guys are sitting here and you're saying, I have these dreams, I have these visions, but I'm frustrated because nothing's happening. But God just wants to comfort you today. And God wants to empower you today so that your mindset, when you think about your future now, your mind is, wow, I'm able to laugh because God is for me. Who can stand against me? God is for me. What can stand in my way? So, Lord, I just release your joy and peace over your people. I thank you, Lord, for every individual that is sitting here, that you have a specific destiny, you have a specific calling, you have a specific purpose for God. I release, God, your joy over every individual here. And I declare, Lord, that there is faith rising up. That fear is broken, being broken off in Jesus' name. That no longer will they be gripped by fear. Fear of failure, fear of rejection, whatever fear that may be. I break it off right now in Jesus' name. And I declare, Father, that as their confidence is rooted in you, that they will walk forth in boldness, in faith, in preparation. Because they, they are men and women that hear the voice of God. And as they prepare for your voice and your promise to move, that they will be able to laugh. Laugh in their weight. Laugh when they think about their future. I release that joy. And I release that security. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.